Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wim Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Uh, big win over the Bulls yesterday. Uh, you and I are down at Scotiabank Arena to take in the... Uh, there's a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, to be honest, because, to be honest, the Raptors were playing inconsistently. But, you know, given the news that Pascal was going to be out for at least two weeks with an adductor strain, you can kind of expect um, some inconsistency in their performance. Ultimately, they were able to get the job done with a really nice win. Uh, what are your emotions this Monday morning, Alex? Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be a trip to the arena with you without a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, so okay. Yesterday was really no different. Oh, okay. From any other day, but I think that was my that was my favorite Raptor win of the season. Really, you know, especially given the circumstances, uh, okay. like you mentioned, with Pascal's injury and them fighting back from a double digit deficit in the second quarter, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a it was a back and forth game in the fourth quarter there. And looked like the Raptors, you know, Raptors felt like the Raptors had taken control for a little bit there in the third, let the lead slip away at the end of the quarter. Mm-hmm. And for them to to fight back, uh, you know, in, in that final five minutes, like Nick Nurse before the game yesterday was talking about how they're probably going to miss Pascal the most in late game situations. Yeah. And, you know, and you wonder who's going to step up. And, you know, it's the usual suspects, you know, for FM Fleet, uh, apparently won't be sent to the bench, um, you know, despite all requests. And OG Ananobi stepped up as well. Yeah. And it was it was just great to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, um, you can kind of expect exactly that, right? Like you had to make him up, uh, make up the absence of Pascal in the aggregate. And I think that uh, a lot of players stepped up for you. Um, I think more importantly, the Raptors won the possession battle. I know it's less exciting. You know, you don't come into a basketball game. You know, like you don't buy tickets to to, to the Raptor game like a month in advance. And then you think about it, you come pregame, and you watch players shoot, and you're like, damn, I wonder who's going to win the possession battle tonight. You know, like, but that's really important for the Raptors to Blake win. Blake Murphy games. vibes. Blake uh, Murphy Tuesdays, back tomorrow. Oh, I, saw, I, saw, I, saw, I saw Blake Murphy back in his, uh, in his home oh, yeah, at the he, arena yesterday as was well. Was he taking those Zodiac killer notes uh, he, in his notepad? For once, no, because oh, okay. he actually had no uh, postgame duties oh, okay. or, or wasn't writing off the game for once. Mm. But it was great to see Blake, obviously, at the arena. Um, but yeah, like you got to win the possession battle, and I think that's where the Raptors um, were really able to just kind of out hustle the Bulls. I mean, like the Bulls are not that athletic of a team; they're smaller of a team. And the Raptors got 23 offensive rebounds to 15 for Chicago, and they also had a 17 to nine advantage in uh, the turnovers. Oh, hustle play! That's what the Raptors need—just extra possessions. You know, one of my favorite plays of the game last night was just uh, you know Chris Boucher with a highlight block at the basket. Okay. Oh, is this the possession of the three guys <laughs> fighting the ball into the basket? <laughs> then Fred pushes the break. Um, this is the layup, right? I mean, it was a one-on-three break. I, yeah. It wasn't the greatest possession to go in, but I guess he was hoping for the foul. Doesn't get the foul call. Goes in for a layup. Gets blocked. Thad Young's right there. Puts up a putback. Doesn't go in. Chris Boucher tips the putback. Doesn't go in. Thad Young catches it again. Puts it up for another lefty floater. Doesn't go in. And then finally, OG, who you can watch on this possession, he's just waiting in the corner this whole time like, guys, I'm, I'm wide open for the kickout. Guys, I'm wide open. And then he eventually sees the ball dropping on the ground on his side, and he streaks in from from the wing, picks up the ball, and, and dunks it for one of what felt like 15 dunks the Raptors have had uh, in that game because there's a lot of dunking going on. And... Um, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's the way the Raptors need to play. That extra bit of hustle, that extra bit of energy, uh, the defensive intensity, I thought, was very strong, for, uh, f- you know, for the most part. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a really fun game 
And and I, I got to say, this is a very classic Fred Van Vliet is rice game. Mm. Yeah. Because what were you going to do? You were going to go home hungry if Fred Van Vliet wasn't rice in this game. Yeah, they would have lost this game by 20, I think, without Fred on the court yesterday. Yeah. 30 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 threes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I was going to ask you too, obviously with Pascal out for at least two weeks, he's going to be reevaluated in yep. two weeks. Yep. Like, you know, if you were to rank the players that need to step in here, like obviously you said it has to be a by-committee situation. You're mm-hmm. not going to make up. You know, you lose a top five player. You know, it's very difficult to, to make up all the production. Yeah, but if you were to rank the players of a players who who need to step up during this period with Pascal out, you know I think Fred is number one. Fred, I, is I think Fred, one. Fred is yeah. gonna Fred is gonna carry this team, and he's gonna have to carry this team. I think. Oh, I mean, this game reminded me a lot of games that happened at the start of last season, mm. where <laughs> how many minutes did Fred play yesterday? Uh forty. Uh, sorry, thirty nine and that's it. Twenty oh, seconds. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I Anything know. under forty for the next month? Nick Blessings. keeping Fred below forty is coach of the year material. It's kind of amazing in this game. Uh, by the way, he was a plus twenty seven mm. in those uh, thirty nine minutes that he played. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you don't need him to carry the team in the sense that you don't need him to create everything, but you obviously need him to be playing really well, right? I thought what Fred did a really great job of uh, last night was two things. Number one, just his play creation, getting into the paint. It changes everything. Like, it, it's so simple, but it really is. Even when Fred, who's, like, only, you know, quite short and got blocked a few times, when he touches the paint, it just shifts the defense over and he's able to kick out and either, you know, the rapper's able to hit that three or they're able to drive against the closeout and, and make the next play, which, you know, other guys have done. So you need somebody to actually generate that downhill momentum first. And so Fred was doing a great job with that. And then the other thing, too, is just, like, look, this at the end of the day, you know, um, you're playing against NBA athletes and, and teams that are very well prepared for you. Um, Chicago has some pretty good perimeter defenders. A lot of times you're going to end up in a late shot clock scenario. You're going to have to create something, right? And it's not that you want the game to come down to that, but at the same time, when those sort of late clock scenarios happen, who is going to get something for you? And I thought Fred did a really great job last night of, look, were they great shots? No, but were they like, absolutely backbreakers if you were watching it in Chicago or from that Bulls perspective? Yes, because you have plays where, you know, um, there's one second left on the shot clock. Scotty Barnes swings it across the floor to Fred, pump fake the defender out of the air, and then launches a three, nails it as the buzzer is sounding. That's a backbreaker. You know, uh, a play where... You know, he's got Goran Dragic one-on-one. Goran just hit a three. He's feeling good. He's shushing the crowd. <laughs> By the way, he shushed him multiple times. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Uh, well, he, he's no also more, lost multiple times No to more the Raptors, booing Goran, man. This is like no, the actually, most uninteresting rivalry No, it's ever. great. It, it's we great. We need better villains, man. No, it makes Goran our villains, very special. Our villains are Goran Dragic, Malcolm Brogdon, and Caleb Martin. You know how bad yeah. that is? Um, we need a- better villains. <laughs> <laughs> How does Brandeville uh, have a drop for everything? No, but seriously. Um, yes. But yeah, like, so Goran splashes a three. You know, he's giving some momentum to Chicago's side. And then Fred comes back down the floor, uh, hits Goran with the step back, crossover into a step back three, rattles that in. Uh, you had a play with Fred in the fourth quarter where Fred was able to sort of go in for an and one where he's like falling sort of off to the side. Almost maxi S, the way he was able to just throw it up there and mm. banking him off the glass and one. This yeah. is the ninth. Ninth straight show you've mentioned Tyrese Max. Uh, it's, so it's actually just disgusting. Stop, yeah. I, did you know so, he's did, so much in my head? Did it's, you know it was his birthday last Friday? Oh, yeah. man. Wow, yeah. good for him. Uh, was he, did he turn 44? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he had that three where he got fouled by DeMar, and then DeMar got the tech, and then he got all four free throws. Like, you just need somebody to create something for you in these type of games. Because, mm-hmm. again, you're not going to run your offense beautifully every single time down. Um, but um, Yeah, the, the start of the fourth quarter was pretty hilarious. Uh, well, you know, Fred wasn't in for the start of the fourth quarter, <laughs> but this, and that's, uh, but this is that's what why I'm, he's right. So you need him in at all times, this every is, meal. This is what I mean by Fred carrying the team. Like, not necessarily that he has to do everything, mm-hmm. but if you need to play a single player 40 minutes and you can only afford, you know, stretches of a couple minutes of him not being on the floor, to me, that's the definition of, like, you needing that player to carry you. Yeah. Like, he needs to be on the floor at all times, basically. Yeah. Except for Fred Fred is rice. He's actually okay. rice. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, wow, I didn't. I, the extended drop is actually kind of nice. <laughs> Yo, the, the, the sound quality on that drop is so crisp; it yeah. doesn't sound like a drop. No. Like, Fred yeah. is rice. <laughs> actually, rice. It yeah. always sounds like we're just saying it. Anyways, you know, yeah, Fred at the, you know, great. Fred, you know, at the top of guys that you know need to step up in Pascal's absence. I think it's interesting who that next guy is going to be because I think this is the opportunity now for Scotty and OG to you know take on a bigger role. Okay. The, where I agree with you is this is this is the time for Scotty to take on a bigger role. Okay. <laughs> for OG, I yeah. just want to see him play his role to the best of his ability. Which I think he's doing right now. I agree. Do you think he's doing right now? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, th- I think you can nitpick a little bit in terms yeah. of the driving, but for the most part, he's giving you so much across yeah. the board. Okay, so OG I just, just want OG okay. to play his just role Just keep doing more. what you're doing. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Like, even, like, sure. the little hustle plays and stuff like that, like, he could still get you 20 points without him you swinging the balls when I ask him to create. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what I don't necessarily want to see because you know, to be honest, he, he hasn't been that productive in those uh, cases. But catch and shoot threes, transition plays where he's stealing the ball like he did twice in the last five minutes of the game, and he's able to go the other way for dunks. Those are the kind of plays that I want to see OG shot create. Those are the kind of plays where I want to see OG crash the glass for a putback dunk the way he did at the end of the game. Those are incredible plays, back breaking plays. As Christian Coloco was saying, can't believe he still has the legs to do uh, a double pump reverse dunk, Sviva Hylik style, by the way. Oh, for the real diehard Raptor fans. Yeah, that was right? the most personality OG has shown on the court, man. Absolutely. Mm. And so it's like that's that's the kind of shot creation I want to see from OG. The actual like break down the defense and and try to initiate and create something for the team. Mm. That's what I want to see from Scotty. Okay. How do we get more of that from Scotty, man? Because my complaint with Scotty, like, you know, this year, and I think we saw that last season too, is just like, I want him to get off to just quicker starts. He's great in the fourth quarter. He's great in the second half of these games, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do we get him rolling earlier? Uh, that's a good question. And to be honest, I, I don't know exactly what is holding him back from that. Um, I think for a lot of people, they have pointed towards, you know, Fred's holding the back, Pascal's holding the back. My counter to that is just like, if you can't play with really good players, then what, what are you doing in this league? You're not going to win on by yourself, right? Uh, but more importantly, um, how do you sort of get him going, right? Uh, what are the spots that you want to get him to? Like, if I were to ask you, what is a go-to Scotty Barnes move or a go-to Scotty Barnes possession, what would that look like for you? Uh, post up a smaller guy, but then shoot a fadeaway. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I, I agree with everything except the shoot a fadeaway part. <laughs> no, but, but that, nah, he does that a lot. He, he, yeah, you're right. He is yeah. settling a lot for these jumpers. He's shooting more, more on the perimeter altogether. We've seen yeah. Nick already talked about it. Nick was like, hey, it's great that you're hitting these threes, but I need you to go to the paint all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, even last night, he took seven threes out of his 19 shots. He took some mid-range shots as well. To be honest, I, I don't want to see him settling for that mid-range shot. I want to see him driving all the way to the cup. He has enough strength to do it. Maybe there's not enough endurance to do it over and over again. And also, by the way, this is not something that's insignificant. He continues to favor his ankle that he's hurt uh, prior to training camp and then also once this season already. We saw it against Miami, right? So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not 100% on that front, especially because you saw moments in the fourth quarter where 
you know, this is not typical of what you would expect from Scotty's on-ball defense, but Ayo Dasumnu is crossing him over and going all the way to the cup back-to-back possessions, right? Uh, then you see Pat Williams driving out of the corner against Scotty and getting all the way in for a dunk. Those are possessions where if he his ankle and his lateral mobility is great, you're not seeing that happen from him. So I got to give him sort of like that space, obviously not be 100%, but I need to see him create more and more. And I think the post is a great way to do it, right? especially in this matchup against Chicago. Like, you know, they do have smaller guards. Uh, and so you can sort of get at them. But also, it's also the instances where, okay, so what, you got Pat Williams on you who's like the same size as you. We've seen Scotty move guys out of the way. Like we even saw last night, Scotty like taking a strong against a couple guys. And to be honest, it's not even necessarily I need him to always go uh, and, and take his man and bury him under the basket and dunk the ball like Giannis. We know he's not like that right now. But if Fred can consistently get into the paint, force the defense to collapse and then kick out, I don't see why Scotty couldn't do the same thing. You know what I mean? Scotty's younger. He's quicker. He's longer. He's bigger. You know, all the promise in the world, more of those type of possessions, less of the ones suddenly from mid range. And, you know, the rest of the game is whatever, right? But I mean, even last night, like, again, he took a lot of jumpers, only took two free throws. But the thing is, for Scotty, at least he was able to reach in really deep and in the fourth quarter make a whole bunch of big plays, two huge defensive rebounds. To lead the team, by the way, with 10 rebounds last night on a bad ankle, not easy to do. Um, you know, he had the putback dunk uh, late in the game. He had the cut across the lane when Fred got trapped. Scotty was able to pop free and dunk the ball. And he had another play where Scotty was getting trapped. And this time he was able to find a cross-court pass to Fred for three. So there's a lot of contributions he's still able to do. But I think you just want to see that that performance for all four quarters. You know, you you said before the game, you know, he's got that phrase that he always has to put on social, be great for, you know, you said be great for what? Did I say that? Or was that Oren or, or Lee-Ban? No, I thought that was you. No, I don't think I said that. Oh. Yeah, I was talk- talking to the Raptor mascot. I, j- I was just saying Scotty needs to be more more aggressive at oh. all times. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I, that, I thought you we, had the great line. <laughs> no, no, I think we got to attribute that to either, uh, oh. you know, Oren Weisfeld or Lee-Ban Osmond. All right, well, just what's I the line, man? Come yeah, on. I can't take credit for that. But, no, I think I think the, the fans... be great four quarters, man. No, Come the on. fans, I like that. The yeah. fans... The fans love Scotty, but I don't think he should be immune to, to criticism. And I think especially when he's flashing so much potential in these games and in these late game situations, it's only fair to ask for that at all times. Just want him. I, I just want him to come out with a mentality of like, yo, I'm out here to kill the opposition, man. No, I mean, it's his team. There's responsibilities on him right now, him and Fred collectively to lead the play creation, right? Mm-hmm. OG can make plays happen with his defense. Right. OG can finish plays off for you. Gary can kind of play create, but you also know when Gary's cold, he's real cold. When he's hot, he's real hot, right? So you just hope that today he's, he's good, but you just don't fully know. The rest of those guys are hustle guys, play, you know, but they're not play creators. Right. Fred and and, and Scotty are your play you creators gotta do right better, now. fam. And so, you know, uh, I think it is fair to sort of look at sort of what their new roles are right now and expect them to sort of deliver. And to be honest, they did deliver yesterday. It's not even like we're saying it's wrong. It's just like you do want to see more and more of that because Scotty's also a pretty great play finisher. He's gotten better at shooting threes. Um, he's almost at 40% from three this season, and he's shooting four game. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a, that's an important improvement in his game. But at the same time, you also want to see him create for others, right? So. Uh, those are the kind of things you want to look for, but also, first and foremost, I just hope his his ankle is okay, right? Because like, you know, you you also just don't want to jeopardize further injuries because you already got you got Pascal out, you uh, you got Fred missing time, uh, you got Scotty missing time, Chris Boucher missed some time. He didn't start the season on time. Yeah, Otto was Otto out. was out. Uh, Kem Birch is out. Malachi is wearing a mask. That's seven guys. There's yeah. only fifteen on the roster. The Raptors have pretty been pretty snake bit in that. 
department, I feel like, the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I've rarely gone, like, two weeks full without, like, an injury to a rotation play or a starter. Yeah. Like, but I'm, I'm saying this has been, like, three weeks of the season, and seven yeah. guys have had injuries to varying extents. And the Pistons are coming up. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. Start Jeff Dowden Jr. Don't oh. doubt him. All right. uh, anyways, OG Ananobi, 22 points, six rebounds, three assists, three yeah. steals, one block. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 3.1 steals per game this season. It's impressive, man. If he keeps that up uh, per stat muse, he would be only the eighth player ever with three or more steals per game and would be the first player since 91 to do it. That's, yeah, that's impressive. I mean, even yesterday, I don't think he had that many chances for steals um, because he was told to stay at home while on DeMar for most of the game. Um, you know, he obviously had that really difficult assignment against DeMar DeRozan, who was coming off a 46-point performance. Yeah, first time yesterday, Boston. First time yesterday, I feel like that's the first time the Raptors, like, actually defended DeMar well. Yeah, and defending DeMar was basically trapping him at half court, <laughs> right. like, hard trapping the him. Nick Nurse special. Luka style, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? That does show you the difference between a guy like Luka and a guy like DeMar. Right? The Raptors sent those same doubles at Luca. What do you have? Like 35 point triple double or something? Right? DeMar, a little different story. Now, DeMar was able to get an and one every single trip down. I don't know how. Like, he only got free like three or four times and he still managed to score 20 points. Yeah. But he did have five turnovers. So I thought OG did a really good job. But OG didn't even have a lot of steals in that game until the last five minutes where he comes up with two steals and both of those for breakaway dunks. So, um, yeah, I think he's playing his role really well. I think he's really leaning into it. And I think, again, that's the thing for the coaching staff and maybe even for the leaders of the team to just like subtly sort of push him in this direction of, look, you can really thrive in this role. Like you can even score 20 without even having, you know, without even having the ball to create all the time. Like the way I'm looking at it is like, like a Sean Marion in, 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 in Phoenix back in the day, you know, like it wasn't like they were like, Hey, Sean, like let's clear out and get you some pick and rolls. But, you know, the, he played within the flow. He's able to finish, you know, possessions uh, off of the plays made by other players. He was able to, you know, create points off of his defense um, and just his overall hustle and activity. So I, I think OG's playing his role perfectly. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, you just want to see the drives finished a little bit more. But at the same time, I mean, he is he is doing really well. Like, okay, so when you see OG drive and he gets to the paint, but then he struggles to finish from there, what do you think it is? Like, what do you, do you need? Is it he needs to kick out more? He needs to change up the way he finishes. He needs to slow down. What is it? I don't know, man. It just looks really awkward every time. <laughs> okay, so that's fair. Maybe that's fair. just yeah. reps. Yeah, I don't know. But you're he's just a that, very like, awkward finisher. Yeah, I feel like we saw a couple of drives. It was like that one drive yesterday where, like, I think he should have went left. You know, when he was at the basket. Like, he's just, like, the, everything is just very, like, not very coordinated when he gets there. Right, right. You're saying... Whereas was, Fred gets there, and yeah. he does everything properly, except he's 5'10", right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't That's have an answer for stories, you. Don't yeah. ask me basketball questions, man. Oh, okay. All right, I ask right. the questions on here. All right, you're, you're going back to the host. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I know we're not talking about the Mavericks game. Yeah, kiss the mic. Um, I know we're not talking about the Mavericks game, but I'm really glad Luca is not in the East. Cause oh, yeah. that's a that's a LeBron that's a LeBronto situation. No, it, it gives me LeBronto flashbacks <laughs> oh in the way he's controlling the game the whole time. My it's actually on, he's so good. My takeaway from the Mavs game was I'm so glad it's only twice a year, man. Because no, nah, Luca will really smoke your whole team and then smoke a whole pack after the game. Man. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> nah, Luca, Luca legend, him a, man. Calling him a Belmont mild. <laughs> um, looking at OG like he's Luca. <laughs> we haven't talked about. Uh, we haven't talked about Christian Coloco yet because we'll have Steph Noah of, of the Sporting News join us. That's right. 
in the what second the segment another Asian person. where wait what where um yeah real Asian film festival everybody check that out oh okay Sweet. nice nice we're going to a film on Sunday. Well, I don't know if you are. We'll talk about it later this oh, week. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in the second segment. So is that enough basketball talk for you? Um, uh, I'm sure you'll touch on uh, Pascal's absence tomorrow as well with um, Blake Murphy. Yeah, we will touch on those things. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, last thing before we go. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the veterans. Okay. You know what I mean? Because like um, Gary and Precious yesterday, not it. Mm. I don't know what was happening, but they, they, were, they were both different degrees of bad. Um, Precious in that fourth quarter, missing a wide open corner three, then having the opportunity where he was right under the basket, the rebound is falling right to him. Oh, brother. He's open. He's just going to go up for the layup and finishes the putback. And this is during a point where the, the Bulls were going on a run led by Goran Dragic of all people. Like, it was bad vibes in the building. And the ball just slips through his whole body <laughs> out of bounds. Like, it like slips sliding off of him. And it's just like, what is going on with those two? So, you know what? They couldn't contribute to the game yesterday mm. and hopefully you see a better performance on them tonight when they have the rematch against the bulls in chicago this time however the raptors have this luxury now of saying okay you guys aren't doing it we can bring in Otto porter and thad young i love Otto porter man think of who the options would have been last year if, if, if at this point in the season on uh, november 6th all right you're, you're you're playing the bulls and your two of your main rotation players are not producing for you who would the replacements have been for nick I don't know. Was Utah back from injury? So it would have been Utah and speed. Oh, okay. Right. You right, know, right. like, yeah, so big, big improvement to turn to these two guys instead. Yeah. Thad coming in, making a whole bunch of hustle plays. He was like a plus 25 off the bench. Secretly promoting hustle play this whole segment, man. You've said it like seven times. Um, You know, it's a great name. Thaddeus Young plus 25 in 16 minutes. Yeah. That's so that's incredible. Remember right? that one play when he had a, uh, he had Goron in the low post oh, yeah. <laughs> and he put his hand up. He's like, yo, Fred, <laughs> give me the ball. <laughs> Fred's like, I'm going to swing this. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, there are, some unfortunate, that, there are some unfortunate post-ups. I don't mind Thad in the post because he's willing to pass it out. Oh, What's man. really unfortunate is uh, there was a play in the fourth quarter. You got to really gotta go back and look at this. But Scotty had the ball in the post, and he's attacking a guard. I'm like, oh, this is great, right? So yeah. he's at the high post trying to back down the guard or face up or whatever. But I'm like, this is a good situation. Five seconds off the shot clock, Precious flashes into the low post on the same <laughs> side of the floor. He's like, puts his hand like, yo, 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 me. I'm like, what are you doing? This is not how basketball is played, man. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I understand the aggressiveness. Uh, I understand a duck-in. That wasn't a duck-in. That was a ruin-your-spacing yeah. moment. So, oh, so those man. kind of plays where you, when those guys are making those kind of mistakes, you need someone else to come in. Thad Young comes in, moves the ball nicely. Yep. The Raptors are playing a lot of horn sets. You got, that involves a lot of passing out of the post. Yeah. Okay, I, I know you love horn sets, right? So, yeah. you know, he was able to distribute the ball, which, you know, he has a, a you know a skill set there. Mm -hmm. He's able to get in around the basket. Uh, the activity was high, four offensive rebounds, a yeah. couple of putbacks, just doing the right thing, being solid, yeah. right? And he's then a, Otto, he's a, Otto he's Otto a connector. Yeah. You know what they are? The connect four, man. He's a connect four. Oh, okay. You talk about stretch fours, Thad Young's a connect four. Uh, you know, man. I like that. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Damn. That's one pretty good, good. One good thing a week. All right. Uh, some random things before we go to break. Okay. Uh, number one, as you pointed out yesterday, uh, Nick Vucevic was wearing the same sneakers that you wear to hoop as you're wearing right now. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the, the, the court. For, I'm hoping thing, to drop a, a, a cool Nick Vucevic at, at Ramston Park first at exactly 305 p.m. Before the game, he's like, yo, look at Vucevic's shoes, man. They're the same ones I, I got. So, so, I, you, I, so you both shop at uh you know is there is there a foot locker at duffer mall like you know so maybe vucevic went to um you know this is tough duffer mall 
No, I mean, uh, like that. I mean, I did get these from Duffer Mall. Actually. No, I mean, I, I'm not I, even joking. I recently o- ordered uh, Cinnabon on Uber Eats from Duffer Mall. So. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, all right. I was watching Better Call Saul. All right, but uh, uh, yeah, sh- so the, no, yeah. no, the PGs are great. The PG fours are actually really comfortable. <laughs> okay, man, you don't need to promote. Uh, you don't want a performance <laughs> no, review? Of, nobody uh, the black asked for a performance review. All right, fine. <laughs> but no, it's a you know, it's awesome that you know an NBA player wears the same sneakers. Well, as you. <laughs> was struggling at the start of the game too, so I was insisting those are my shoes, but no, they're Nick's shoes. He did finish with 18, 12, and six. Ah, oh, that's right. Um, you know, shouts to uh, Alfred. <laughs> He's a physiotherapist from Durham. Ran into him yesterday. Oh, yeah, pre-game. pregame, yeah. Great yeah, Damar so. uh, uh, custom jersey. Yeah, on. told him told him we'd give him a quick shout-out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, went home for dinner this weekend. And, you know, my mom's an avid listener and watcher of, of the Raptor show. That's she really recently nice, discovered yeah. that, you know, she can actually just watch it anytime, like, on YouTube. Because um, before that, she'd been, <laughs> she'd been changing her entire schedule just to catch it at 2. I, I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, it is probably good for the ratings, so salute to your mom. But uh, uh, okay. second mom, just, of all, yeah, watch it later. I, I do enjoy, like, people from the older generation discovering some of the um, more conveniences that we have invented in okay. their lifetime. Yeah. Because it's just like a genuine joy. They're like, oh, oh, okay. There's a convenience element to this. I can yeah. watch it on the go. No, because she, you know, she's know, going back to Hong Kong for a I, little bit. I got bit. headphones. I don't need wires. Yeah, she's you know, going back like to that. Hong Kong yeah. for a little bit. So then now she can just catch the episodes when she wants. She's not going to step at 2 a.m. to watch. <laughs> yeah, she stays on 2 a.m. Here's Oren Weisfeld. Yeah, so anyway, she had some yeah, Oren so, feedback. Yeah, so she likes to review the guests. Um, and she mm-hmm. said Oren's a very kind, handsome gentleman. I mean, yeah, she pretty was, nice. She was describing I was like, talk about the guy on Wednesday? Yeah, wow. I'm like, Oren? Yeah. So it was Oren. And she was like, did, she was like, is Amy a traitor? Like, went to Miami. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, Amy's cool. That's about it. Thanks to your mom. <laughs> oh That's my god don't voice. don't the do the world, no don't man. do the orange um, voice, man. yeah no well, one's got you know, no it's, yeah because this is what asian people this is what good asian sons do is on the weekends they spend their uh, precious weekend time visiting their parents yes so i did the same thing went oh, home okay. at hot pot yeah uh, hey i had hot pot too wow okay we should have so, just hot potted together <laughs> we, we could have yeah actually <laughs> we, we could have saved a stove oh Show yeah. us to gary Trent yeah, that's, right. that's right play play elevator yeah. music so we, we both went home on the weekend yeah my grandpa uh, who was like well into his 80s now? Yeah, he was like also giving some feedback, and he's like, "You should be closer to the mic, like your uh, like your co-host." Yeah, is. and I, like I told you, sometimes yeah. I've been so close to the mic that I've kissed the mic as yeah. I'm speaking. But you know, like, and you reminded me, there's 11 people who speak into this mic I, per day. I, I was gonna say, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Kipper and Born coming up after us. Please wipe the mics. <laughs> I was talking All about right. Luca earlier, and I kissed the mic, man. All right, enough, man. All right, enough is enough. We're Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hump day coming soon. Oh, In two God, days. you're so good. All right. <laughs> I'm your host, Lulu. That's Alex. Oh, you're listening so to the Raptors good. show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Mm, we'll talk more Raptors so after the break, I promise. Tasty. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. And for the second segment, we are joined 
by Steph No of the Sporting News. Steph, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. Um, very rare to have three Asians on at the same time to talk about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, but Steph, you do really great work. I've um, been following you for a long time. Um, really, really good voice just across the league, but especially on the Chicago Bulls. And um, it's it's always good to bring in, I think, um, you know, an impartial view of some of the Raptors as well, because you've been able to uh, get a piece out about Christian Coloco and his defensive impact. And then, you know, I think I'm sure you love it in these instances where the player makes the writer look really smart because they go out and block six shots. So um, this story is up on the Sporting News. It's called Raptors Rookie. Christian Coloco is already making Toronto's terrifying defense even better. And in the piece, you touch on his impressive rim protection. So obviously we see the six blocks, but uh, what are some of the underlying numbers um, that's also telling the story about how Christian has uh, improved the Raptors defense so far? Well, first of all, thank you for calling me an impartial observer of the Raptors. That makes me feel a little bit better when I'm cheering at home uh, watching this team uh, on my computer because they've been so much fun to watch with Coloco out there. I mean, uh, the way that he basically disrespected Patrick Williams last night, three blocks in a two-minute span, one of those blocks, the first block, I mean, that was just unreal, the amount of distance that he traveled to basically stuff Patrick Williams a foot away from the rim. Uh, as far as uh, getting back to your question, though, like some of the underlying statistics that I researched, um, they were super impressive to me. The Raptors' defense, when Coloco is on the floor, I mean, they've been playing better than the number one defense in the league. Wow. So that's the first point. The second point is, uh, I mean, his rim protection is obviously the biggest thing he's bringing with this seven foot wi- seven foot five wingspan. Um, opponents are shooting... I think it's like 53% somewhere around there uh, at the rim with him guarding those shots, which is, I mean, that would be among the league leaders if that holds up. So, yeah, he's he's just been amazing uh, anytime anybody tries to challenge him there. Yeah, and we, we definitely saw a lot of that yesterday, especially that first block, as you mentioned, because the Raptors strategy defensively from Nick Nurse was just, we're going to trap DeMar DeRozan. We'll trap him above the three-point arc, even though obviously DeMar's not looking to pull up from the three-point arc, but we're basically just going to force him to get rid of the ball. But what that does is that you got to play four on three behind the ball. So you need your guys to be able to rotate. And more importantly, you need somebody to be able to go from the three point line trapping there to help at the basket for the block. So, you know, it is really special. And I think, you know, what's Christian, are, are you a little bit surprised that he's been able to have this immediate of an impact, right? Because I think for a lot of people thinking about it, it's just, it's a second round pick, uh, you know, bigs take a while to develop, you know, these are sort of common tropes that, uh, you know, you hear all the time about young players, but for some reason, it seems that like he's able to come in and not just like, you know, be able to fit in and, and collect blocks by, you know, standing at the basket and playing a specific kind of drop coverage or anything like that. But seems like he actually has a really good awareness and timing for when to go for these challenges. And he's he's having an effect to the point where Nick has started him in five of the Raptors first 10 games here. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, I'm not a big draft guy, so I didn't watch much of him at Arizona, but his counterpoint, counterpart, uh, Dale and Terry, who the mm. Bulls took, uh, Dale hasn't seen much of the floor. Uh, he got a little bit of playing time last night against the Raptors, and reporters asked uh, Bulls coach Billy Donovan about that appearance, and Donovan was extremely lukewarm. He said, you know, he played okay, but he missed a lot of rotations, and that's what rookies do. And mm. I say that because, yeah, when I watch Coloco you would have an expectation that he would basically have no idea what he's doing out there as Dale and Terry has kind of had that experience. But like you mentioned, he seems to be mostly in the right spot at the right time. 
amazing given that he didn't start playing basketball, I believe, until he was 15 and not seriously until he was 17. Yeah. But he just has such great tools. I mean, these we've seen a lot of these guys who started out uh, at a very young age playing soccer. They're able to move their feet so, so well. So even if Coloco's not in the exact perfect position, he's just able to recover so quickly. That's something that you can't teach. And I think that's what has this Raptors um, coaching staff so excited for him and why he's earning a minutes, which was, again, like you said, just very, very surprising development. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, one one thing you've also put out in your piece is that the Raptors are able to play Coloco and get more size on the floor, obviously, but they're not actually sacrificing some of the sort of uh, signature versatility that you sort of come to expect from the Raptors defense. Can you sort of go in a little bit more about what's allowing, um, you know, the Raptors to, to go bigger without having to sacrifice, uh, you know, mobility or versatility? Yeah, I mean, most of the time when you get these seven footers, a lot of them are stiffs. Like you try to get them out on the perimeter. I mean, uh, the Bulls are a good example with Nikola Vucevic. Like he, he's okay. He's probably better than his reputation suggests at mm. going out there. But if you put him against a guard, I mean, you're gonna have to send help. Coloco, he's switched a lot onto faster perimeter players, uh, and he's done a pretty good job of that. And yeah, the Raptors' defense is just totally, <laughs> totally crazy under Nick Nurse. I don't know if you guys saw this uh, viral tweet that was going around a couple days ago, but they played at least 11 different kinds of oh, yeah. coverages against, against Luka Doncic the other yeah. night. And you guys were talking about the job that they did on DeMar. I mean, DeMar's been fantastic this season. He's had a bunch of huge scoring games. He had a 40-plus point game a couple games ago before this, and the Raptors shut him down. They were doing a lot of different coverages. You you all mentioned that you know they were sending some hard doubles at him. They are also doing a box-and-one against him at times, which you know, has been kind of a Raptor specialty. But mm-hmm. the Bulls don't see those kinds of things. I mean... DeRozan gets doubled a lot. He's, uh, I just checked the stat today. He has the sixth most possessions where he's double teamed. Again, that's a great strategy for the Raptors because the Bulls are only scoring 96 points per uh, per 100 possessions, which is a terrible number. So expect to see that again tonight. Mm. Um, but yeah, just that ability to throw different looks at these superstars because they're so good, you need to keep them on their toes. Coloco is able to do that where... You know, you get some of these other huge guys with huge wingspans, like a Mo Bomber or something like that, and you just can't do that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a there's a portability, I think, to to his skill set where you're able to sort of use him across different defensive matchups, and it's been interesting because a, a lot of times, like if you play a rookie this much early, you do have to sort of um, accommodate him defensively. I, it doesn't really feel like the Raptors are trying to hide Coloco that much. They're not like worried about him getting on specific matchups. They're just essentially asking him to execute the defensive scheme. And and to be honest, outside of fouling, there's no actual issues with how he's playing defense. Um, I, I think, you know, the other thing to think about is his offense, right? And right now his offense is mostly like limited to catching around the basket and trying to finish. To be honest, he hasn't even been that good at that at this current moment. He's talked about it, how he wants to go up a little stronger and, and convert a lot more of these layups into dunks and even just getting fouled on layups and stuff like that, just being more efficient around the basket. But, I mean, when you're seeing his potential at that end, because, look, the Raptors ultimately want everyone to be two-way players as well. Uh, he was able to crack double digits last night. Um, I hope not all of that was just because they were playing pick and roll um, against Nick Vucevic. But, uh, you, you know, what do, what do you see in terms of his offensive potential? And, you know, does that define his ceiling potentially even more than what he can do on the defensive end? Well, again, I didn't watch a ton of him in college, but I do know that, you know, he he had some problems shooting free throws. Like in his first couple of years, he mm-hmm. got a little bit better the year before he came into the draft. And then this year, 
Uh, I don't have the stats in front of you. I think he's like around 50% for the Raptors. So the yeah. jump shot is definitely a little bit of a work in progress, but you can't teach the kind of athleticism that he has. I mean, they were just lobbing it up to him, letting him go up and get it. And he had, he's just putting a bunch of the bulls in the basket. It was, it was a little bit painful to watch as a, as a former bulls fan. I guess I'm not allowed to root for the team anymore. Oh, but, don't worry. I mean, don't we, we know, we know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys know, but yeah, uh, yeah like, the, just the ability, I know he hasn't been fantastic at converting those attempts yet, but yeah. the ability to just go up and get it, I think that's like the first real sign that you want to see from a player like this. And as I said before, he's he's so raw. Like he didn't start playing basketball until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. So as long as he can get those shots, um, you can work on, you know, developing a little bit more of touch and finishing and stuff like that later. Yeah. And it's um, it, having talked to Christian a few times this season and, uh, Talk to his coach at Arizona as well. You know, there, he has the secret project he's been working on. It's the it's the pick and pop three. Um, I think he maybe tried one last night. Yes, he tried one last night. He also tried one against Dallas. I mean, they have not come close yet. But, uh, you know, I think that's also another area where he's looking maybe down the line two, three years where if he's able to make that in addition to converting a decent rate. Because, look, there's a lot of, like, catch and finish kind of lob target um, bigs in the NBA. There's, there's a lot of examples of that. But if you can also pair the three-point shooting, that'd be great. Um, Steph, I also wanted to talk about um, the Bulls as well and, and sort of get to know more about this team because obviously the Raptors are playing them again tonight. Um, when you think about a rematch and what Billy Donovan might look to do differently tonight in hoping to, you know, win one back against the Raptors, sort of what do you think he will try to do differently based on watching the film from yesterday's game? Well, I think the biggest thing that Donovan was harping on after the first game was the Raptors just shredded the Bulls on the offensive glass. They had 23 rebounds. Mm. Uh, And a lot of that was due to Andre Drummond being out. He's doubtful again. So that's going to be continue to be a problem. The Bulls play small at a lot of different positions. Devontae Green has been playing a ton of minutes at power forward for them, and he's only six foot three. Right. Um, So there's not really there's no like magic formula to being able to beat this Raptors team when, you know, there's just, <laughs> they're so long. I mean, everybody has talked about that uh, nonstop and with the bulls missing some of that important size, there's, there's just not really that much they can do. Hmm. Um, we, I did notice that probably towards the fourth quarter, they were sending more double teams at Fred Emily and even occasionally at Scotty Barnes. Are, are the Bulls that kind of team that like defensively where they, they try to put a lot of pressure on the opposing ball handler and show two and, and be willing to rotate? Well, they do have some very good athletes and they have a bunch of guys who are in the top 15 in deflections per okay, game. You yeah. know, obviously you have, sorry, what was that? No, I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they have Alex Caruso who you know, everybody always talks about his defensive impact, but Javante Green is another guy that doesn't get nearly enough credit for being disruptive. And he's also, you know, top 15 in the league and steals per 36 minutes. Mm. So those two guys can really cause havoc. I mean, obviously, you, you guys know from uh, watching DeMar that he's not the most defensively inclined guy. So they do have to um, kind of mask a lot of the mistakes that he makes. And Levine also, I, th- I think he's like, pretty average these days at defense. Um, I believe he's questionable. So it's like 50, 50, if he's going to play in this one, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to answer your question, as long as Dragic isn't in there, Dragic, uh, I mean, his, he, he's still a good offensive contributor, but yeah. his days of being able to stay in front of people are kind of behind him. 
Um, as lo- so as long as he's not in there, yeah, the Bulls can be pretty active defensively scrambling and trying to cause havoc on the perimeter. Right, right. And, and I think, you know, you saw the effects of that at times, you know, against like a guy like Gary Trent, for example, who has had good games against Chicago, but, you know, there are some pretty pesky perimeter defenders. Uh, it's just that soft underbelly, I feel like. You know, I think um, I'm curious to think, like, what's the what's the Bulls sentiment right now on on a guy like Nick Vucevic, who they obviously made a big trade to go get, sacrificed some pieces to go get. Uh, clearly a guy who can produce offensively, but defensively, you know, like, look, listen, if Coloco is able to catch a few lobs and dunk around you that often, or if the Raptors are able to, like, get Fred and pick and roll against them going downhill and force rotations all the time. Like there has to be some sort of compromise with uh, what he's giving up defensively. So I'm curious in terms of just like, what do Bulls fans feel about Nick right now? And are are they just happy with him? Are they lukewarm with him? Where, where are fans with, with uh, Nick Busevich in particular? So they gave up a lot to get him. And Wendell Carter was one of the pieces, uh, another draft pick that end up, ended up being Franz Wagner. So obviously that right. trade is looking terrible the bulls also have one more pick going out to the magic this season wonderful um and vucevic was pretty bad last season all of his shooting percentages were way way down defensively again i think he's average which is better than what his reputation suggests but Mm -hmm. average i mean you're you're getting him for his offensive impact and this season to answer your question he's been significantly better still not at that all-star level and uh, in fairness to him, his role is different with this Bulls team, whereas in Orlando, he was the man. They're running stuff through him in the post. He doesn't do that at all anymore. Like, you'll see him right. a lot on the perimeter facilitating stuff in these uh, delay action sets where, you know, he gets the ball top of the key and guys are cutting and he's he's setting uh, screens for DeMar out there. Um, yeah, I, a lot of his game these days is just as, like, a pick-and-pop three-point shooter. They do post him up a little bit still, um, but... If he's not contributing a huge number on offense, just like dropping a lot of points, then his his impact is pretty limited. Yeah, it's it's been interesting watching that matchup against the Raptors over the years because he's had some pretty monster games. I remember um, the Raptors in their championship season lost a game to Orlando at that time uh, by 29 points where Vucevic had a 30 and 19. So it, it is kind of different watching him in his different environment. Obviously, he's, uh, I guess, third in the pecking order. Um uh, real quickly, actually. So, what's what's going on with Levine? I know he had the offseason surgery and and he you know resigned and everything like that. But uh, it to me, obviously, I'm not watching every single game like this that closely. So, I, I haven't even seen a single moment of Zach Levine so far this year. Uh, what's the status with him? Um, not just tonight, but just in general right now as he works his way back. Yeah, it came as a pretty big surprise because um, this surgery was supposed to fix everything, and then he started out the year missing a couple games. Okay, it seems like it's just going to be a thing where they have to manage his time throughout the year. And he hasn't quite looked the same as he did last year. Now his numbers are still pretty good, but he has self-admittedly been driving a lot less. He's been dunking a lot less. So you're going to see him. I mean, his shot is still amazing. You're going to see him pulling up from three more, pulling up from the mid-range more. And um, I mean, obviously that makes him a lot less dangerous of a player because he is so fantastic Mm. at getting downhill and, his body control is amazing too, finishing at the lane. There are nights where it seems like his knee is not bothering him as much and he does look like that old Zach Levine. But um, yeah, for the most part, he's just he's been a little bit more tentative out there. All right. Well, hopefully he's able to get back because he is one of the most fun players to watch when he's on and healthy. So, um, Steph, thank you for joining us on the show. You can find all your work at The Sporting News. Also a great follow on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining the show. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Next time I come on here, we're going to shoot for four Asians, okay? Oh, uh, okay. All right. We'll have to find the elusive fourth Asian in the Raptors basketball space. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Alex? What's up? What's up, man? What's good? Man? <laughs> Did you enjoy that interview as you sat here silent for 20 minutes? Oh, it was great. Yeah. It's great, man. Always love, uh, you know, listening to the true hoopers, you know, just talk about oh, yeah. That was a true hooper kind of segment I, I love when steph's just casually slipping in you know they're running the lace sets i'm like mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and you're like what so have you seen the guy in philadelphia who's eaten 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days wow, this is a hard pivot man uh so there's actually i, I saw there's like a flyer like a pin tool like a a post yeah so he went i thought to it was like, a joke though so he went to this like abandoned pier and a bunch of people showed up it became an event because it was his 40th day straight of eating a rotisserie chicken Okay, so first off, rotisserie chicken, uh, an excellent choice. Um, but for 40 days, though? Okay, for 40 days is obviously nuts. But, I mean, like, that might be the best bang for your buck <laughs> okay, man, meal no, in the entire city. I'm not asking you if this is a good discount. Oh, okay. If it's usually like $8 for a whole rotisserie chicken, you could probably feed your whole family with that. Just make some rice, you know, like, cook some vegetables. Like, that could yeah. be a $10 meal easily. <laughs> The food oh, basics. Uh, by the way, you just check it out. You know. Yeah. So okay, 40, it's fine. It's eight ninety. All right. Yeah, Derek, Derek Brandeo's in our ear, um, getting mad at our, our rotisserie he's, chicken. You know, he's pricing. just curious about where these discounts yeah. are. No, it's the best value meal. Anyway, yeah. So he's eating forty of these. Yeah. So so, I don't know. Why is it? Why, why in an abandoned pier though? I don't know. It's just like an open area for for you know a crowd to gather. So it was like a big event. I should think about what item, what food item I could eat for 40 straight days. Can you at least do the Big Mac challenge with 40 Big Macs in 40 I can't because I started talking about it when I was like 33, and I'm 38.1 now. Uh -oh. <laughs> I wish I get ramen, the three of us. I'm CHFI. <laughs> my, my age is literally Fred's minutes, man. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to lose you on the show, man. And now, it's time for Between the Lines, mm. brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. William Liu, the line for tonight's game at Bet Rivers, the Raptors are playing the Chicago Bulls once again, this yes. time in Chicago. Tip-off is 8.45 p.m., mm -hmm. so everybody remembers. Uh, the line at Bet Rivers, Raptors are plus four. So they're getting four points as the underdog, second half of a back-to-back -back on the road. Who do you like and why? I, I feel like I'm leading Chicago side for once. Oh, this um, is a shocker. Yeah, I know pregame I did say that I was going to go with the Raptors as always. But I I'm just yeah. thinking about it. Like, it's really hard to take these back-to-back -back kind of series. Okay. Like, we already saw it. We couldn't take two against Philly. We couldn't take two against Miami, right? So mm -hmm. it it's tough on that front. Um, I was interesting, It was interesting to hear Steph uh, in, our, in our previous interview because uh, I asked him, like, hey, what do you think they'll do differently in terms of Billy Donovan changing the defense? And he's like, nah, I don't know, probably nothing because they, they're not that versatile. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I do expect them to play the Raptors very differently in the second time around. I think that's the big pattern that you're seeing, right? Like, when the Raptors played the Heat in back-to-back -back games, they played differently in those two games. When Philly played the Raptors in back-to-back -back games, they played very differently, obviously, with Embiid out. So you do expect a tactical change coming from the Bulls because I didn't think that uh, they should feel super thrilled about the way they guarded Fred VanVleet, for example. And so, to me, it seems like they'll probably trap Fred more. Fred will have a harder time getting his shots off. If Scotty's unable to overcome this ankle injury in the last 24 hours, which I, I mean, I don't think it's reasonable. He's not like Wolverine. So if he's not able to take on the extra play creation, you're really going to need guys like Precious and Gary to step up and knock down their threes. 
Gary, I could trust doing that. I know Gary obviously can be up and down, but we know when he's up, he can score 30. He's had 30-point games against Chicago last year. Precious, not trusting him too much right now at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem like a game where they can make some adjustments. They know that the Raptors are going to trap DeMar. They're going to continue to trap DeMar because they held him to nine shots and five turnovers uh, last game. Um, but are, you could probably expect the Bulls to move the ball just a little bit better knowing that these traps are coming and having a whole at least shoot around to sort of uh, prepare for the strategy. Uh, and then also, I think from their front, I mean, if Bill Donovan has, you know, some coaching shops, he should probably change up how he, he plays the, the Raptors defensively, which probably will feature a lot of blitzing of Fred uh, because he is the Raptors main playmaker right now. So, and he's small. So you do want to blitz him to trap him. Not to say that this is what the Bulls should do. I'd much rather for the Raptors to, to win this game and, and everyone to make money on Raptors plus four, but I think I kind of like Chicago here, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I think you make really good points. And, you know, this is one of those games on the schedule where it feels like, uh, you know, like house money if the Raptors are able to get oh, this. Oh, I'd be thrilled if the Raptors right? won this game, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and you would expect a bounce back from DeMar too. You know, I don't think DeMar really uh, had like a spectacular game. I think they can have different ways. That's what I'm saying. Like when you know that they're going to trap and double, right? So yeah. probably use DeMar in different ways. Get him more off ball. Come around a screen. It's a little harder to trap him like that. Okay. Again, I, but I'm not Billy Donovan, the coaching staff. I don't. I, I actually genuinely don't want them to do this. Yeah. Don't no, no, listen no. to this, no, Billy. These, these Chinese are, Nick Nurse. These are these uh, are great him. points. And by the way, there's uh, all 30 teams are playing tonight. 15 games That's right. on the schedule. So if you don't like. Uh, betting on Raptors bowls. Uh, may I suggest uh, the Orlando Magic at home, minus four and a half, hosting the Houston Rockets. Name five players on the Magic right now. <laughs> uh, bowl, bowl. Uh, that counts as two. Um, I think I really like the way Orlando's playing at home this year. Um, okay. And the also, Amway Center I like the Pacers, plus five and a half at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Pacers have been in close games all season, huh. and they've actually been um, really good on the betting side. And if you're looking at seven-game teasers, again, you can shift the odds. You can shift the spread seven points either way. If you want to shift the Pacers from five and a half to 12 and a half, I think that's a good, hmm. that's a good bet as well. So that was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Damn. Blake Murphy, Tuesday, tomorrow. Yeah. Joseph Cachado, Joe Wolfon on Wednesday. Yep. I'll see you Thursday. Uh, well, you have been in six days straight, so that's uh, pretty Ooh. impressive. So that does it for us today. I'm your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, Steph No of The Sporting News, our board producer, Derek Brandejo, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll be back tomorrow.